Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. But today our focus is on one-time donations, which you can do uh, three ways, support.greatdetectives.net, using the Zelle app to box13 at greatdetectives.net, or by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, 15913, uh, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And during our listener support campaign, if you send along a donation of $20 or more, we'll happily send you at your request one of the ebooks listed over at uh, support.greatdetectives.net. In addition, uh, we do have uh, some Saint books that were sent over to me by a listener. These are hardcover books from the 1940s, and we had more of these until, unfortunately, our dog got a hold of them. But we have two saint uh, books, full length. The Saint Intervenes and The Last Hero, which we'll send along with a donation of $100 or more. Uh, then we have the Saint Omnibus, the... First Saint Omnibus, and that one's intact except for a little bit of a damage to the spine, but uh, we'll send that along as well with a donation of $100 or more. Full list of available thank you gifts over at support.greatdetectives.net. Now it's time for Mystery is My Hobby and the episode titled Mink Coat. is my hobby. It's amazing what a woman would do to possess a mink coat. Inspector Danton and I had this brought sharply to mind one day last fall. A woman named Norma Luther and found shot to death in the living room of her home in the town of Monte Vista. Inspector Danton had gone up to investigate and had phoned for me to join him. I just stepped from my car when a voice called to me. Just a minute there. Hmm? Oh, hello. You must be Officer Culver. I'm Barton Drake. Oh, hello, Mr. Drake. Inspector Danton's waiting for you inside. Thank you. How are you, Bart? My name. Hello, Inspector. Got something interesting? Could be. At least it's messy. You want to see the corpse? Yes, if you don't mind. Okay, but don't say I didn't warn you. Over here on the couch. I'll just pull back the sheet. Oh, face completely blown away. All right, Inspector, cover her up again. Yeah, that'll make me happier, too. You're sure she's Mrs. Luther? Sure, I'm sure. A ring on her finger checks, so does her dentistry, also her fingerprints. Fingerprints? Sure, I had them taken off the pots and pans in the kitchen. Also a toilet article. I see. From what you told me over the phone, it's generally agreed that Mrs. Luther committed suicide. Yeah, there's just one thing wrong with that theory. Oh? She didn't commit suicide. You sound sure of yourself, Inspector. I am. Come over here. Right. You see a double barrel shotgun? Mm-hmm. This is the shotgun with which Mrs. Luther was supposed to have killed herself. Oh. When Polly Randall, a neighbor, came in, 
she found Mrs. Luther sitting with the gun across her knees. One barrel of the gun had been discharged, and Mrs. Luther's face was blown away. So it was Polly Randall who decided that Mrs. Luther had committed suicide. Eh? Why not? Polly isn't a detective. People who aren't detectives just jump to conclusions about these things. <laughs> Naturally. Did Mrs. Randall have any uh, other reason for her conclusion jumping? Oh, seconds? sure. There was a note on the floor written by Mrs. Luther stating that she had decided to take her own life. Well, have you the note? Match? Here. Take a look at it. Thank you. Ethan, I cannot stand this any longer. Every other woman in our crowd has a mink coat. I'd rather commit suicide than to have to face them again. Norma. Well... Is uh, Ethan her husband? Yeah, he's a traveling salesman. Right now, he's on a trip up in the northern part of the state. I see. It sounds screwy, eh, Bart? Yes, it certainly does, Inspector. A woman who will actually commit suicide because she can't have a mink coat is a rare woman indeed. Yeah, that's the way I figure it. Now, here's the switch. She didn't. Didn't what? Commit suicide because she couldn't have a mink coat. Come over here. Take a look at this. Well, a mink coat. That's right, a mink coat. And it belonged to Mrs. Luther. Are you sure, Inspector? Yeah, but don't keep asking me if I'm sure. Of course I'm sure. We found the box in which the coat came. We checked with the department store where the coat was bought. Well, who bought it? They don't know or care. The clerk who sold it had an acute attack of appendicitis and was taken to the hospital last night. He's still groggy from the ether. He doesn't remember anything. Hmm. So Mrs. Luther craved a fur coat and got one and still committed suicide. Nope, I just got through telling you she didn't commit suicide. Look, don't you remember? I said Polly Randall came in and found Mrs. Luther sitting in a chair with a shotgun across her knees. Yes, yes, I remember that. Well, then, let's face it. Nobody could blow their brains out with a shotgun and then place the gun across their knees, now, could they? It doesn't seem likely, does it, Inspector? No. On the other hand, it's possible that the gun could have fallen into that position when Mrs. Luther pulled the trigger. Yeah. There's about one chance in a zillion that that could have happened. Well, we mustn't overlook that zillionth chance, must we, Inspector? No, and we mustn't overlook the fact that it's uh, physically impossible for anyone to point a shotgun at his own noggin and pull the trigger. <laughs> All right, Inspector, you've got me. This is murder. Now, tell me, you've figured everything else out and done a very good job at it. Uh, who murdered Mrs. Luther? Bart, sometimes, very often, in fact, you kill me. But why, Inspector? Why do you think I got you up here? Look, I don't know who murdered Mrs. Luther. If I did, I'd let you read about it in the newspapers. <laughs> now, do you want to work on this case, or do you want to? All right. Suppose we go over and have a talk with this neighbor, Polly Randall. I think she might have some interesting answers to our questions, Inspector. <laughs> I've known Norma, Norma and Ethan Luther all my life. They lived over there, and I've lived over here. And up till the time Craig Mackey came to town, they got along fine. Hmm, and who is this uh, Craig Mackey, Miss London? Oh, he's just a fellow who came to town and got smitten with Norma and kept pestering her for dates. Well, what's he do for a living? Uh, where can we find that guy? Was he around here yesterday? Now, don't go getting your dander up at me, mister. I don't have to answer your questions, and I won't. Unless you keep a civil tongue in your head. Oh, you won't. Inspector, well, yeah? take it easy, take it easy. Miss Randall, we'd appreciate it very much if you would answer our questions. Perhaps you don't realize it, but uh, Mrs. Luther was murdered. Murdered? Oh, but I thought... Yes, we all thought it was suicide at first, but the evidence pointed uh, the other way now. You see that we have clues that uh, turned up since that indicate foul play. Now, will you be good enough to tell us what you can about Craig Mackey? You mean you think Craig did it? Look, lady, we don't know who did it. Maybe you did it. 
Now... Uh... Why, the very idea. How dare you? All right, so you didn't do it. Now, are you going to tell us where we can find Craig Mackey, or do we stay here trying to get you to admit that you did do it? I'll never admit it. It was Craig. It must have been Craig. He was here last night, and that must have been him. What do you mean by here, Miss Randolph? I mean right here in this house. He spent the evening here. He left about 11 o'clock, and, and right after that, I heard the shot. Well, well, well. Why didn't you tell me that this morning, lady? Because Craig asked me not to mention it. That's why. But now that you think we might uh, suspect you of the crime, you've decided to tell the truth. Is that it, Miss Randall? Of course that's it. Maybe I'm in love with Craig, but I'm not enough in love with him to take the rap for a murder he committed. But isn't it surprising the things that people say at times like these? Someone yells murder, and everyone else begins dreaming up motives for everyone else. Yes, I quite agree with you, Inspector. Well, Miss Randall, where can we find this uh, Craig Mackey? Down at the Monte Vista Dam. He's a construction engineer. Oh? And while you're talking to him, you can tell him that I know all about the fur coat. He makes me sick thinking he can get away with that. Are you referring to a mink coat that belongs to Mrs. Luther, Miss Randall? Of course I am. Craig bought it for her. I know one of the girls who works in Hobson's department store, and she told me... What? We'd be wasting our time talking to anyone else. This paper's got all the answers right here. It does seem so, doesn't it, Inspector? Miss Randall, does Mrs. Luther's husband know that Craig Mackey bought her a mink coat? (laughs) Well, if he doesn't, he will as soon as he gets back from his trip up north. Norma's been yowling for a mink coat for years. But won't he be a bit uh, annoyed that another man bought it for her? Are you kidding he wouldn't even ask where it came from, so long as it shut Norma up and he could have a little peace. Now I've heard everything. Lady, if you've got any more tidbits of information, you're going to spring on us. Get him over fast, will you? I'm getting a little dizzy. I told you I wasn't going to answer your questions, and I'm not. You're not fooling me. I know how you policemen are always incriminating people. Well, I'll be... Miss huh? Randall's been very helpful, Inspector. Let's not bother her anymore. I suggest that we go down to the Monte Vista Dam and have a talk with Craig Mackey, shall we? Right now, anything seems like a good idea. Let's get out of here. You know what I think, Bart? No, what, Inspector? That babe was lying in her teeth. She found herself in a spot and began thinking him up as she went along. Hmm. Well, if you're right, we won't find her at home when we get back. She knows we can easily check her statements. I don't know how we're going to check screwy statements like she made. What's the matter? I think that uh, shack must be the field office of the construction company. Let's go up and find out. Okay. I hope this Craig Mackey won't be as nutty as the dame he's been playing around with. Yes, a sign on the door says Mackey Construction Company. Well, let's go in. Hello. Are you gentlemen looking for me? If you're Craig Mackey, we are. I'm Mackey. What can I do for you? We're from police headquarters, bub. we got a few questions we want to ask you. Police headquarters? Yeah. Oh, then you must be investigating the death of Mrs. Luther. A uh, routine checkup, I presume? You might call it that. What's your story, Mackey? Story? I haven't any story. If Mrs. Luther wants to shoot herself, that's her business. It doesn't concern me. Well, now, how do you like that? Mrs. Luther didn't shoot herself, Mackey. She was murdered. Murdered? Well, that makes things... Are you implying that I murdered Norma Luther? We're not that subtle, bub. Why'd you shoot her? Why did I... <laughs> oh, come, gentlemen. Do you think if I murdered Norma Luther, I'd be sitting here at this desk now? It'd be smart of you to do just that, Mackey. I suppose you can account for your whereabouts last night. Of course I can. I uh, spent the evening in town playing poker with some of the boys who work here in the dam project. Mm-hmm. You didn't call the Luther home at all. I'll give you an indirect answer to that question. 
If I understand it, Mrs. Luther died between 11 and 12 o'clock last night. That's correct. From 10 o'clock last night until 2 this morning, I was playing poker. Where I was before then is nobody's business. Oh. I'm afraid we'll have to make it our business, Mackie. Polly Randall claims you spent the evening with her. Yeah. She says you left her place around 11 o'clock. And right after that, she heard the shots. She knows darn well I wasn't at her place last night, and she knows why. Why, Mackie? Because someone else was there, that's why. Oh, this is getting interesting. Who was it, bub? Ethan Luther. Luther? Norma Luther's husband? Yeah, Norma Luther's husband. They've been playing around together for years. How do you know that? Norma told me. She also told me she was through with him. Well, well, well. But it looks to me like we stumbled out a true romance. So you arrived at your sweetie's all unsuspecting last night and found her in the arms of her next-door neighbor. Is that right, bub? Crudely, that's right. Tell me, Mackie, did you have any uh, particular reason for going to Miss Randall's last night? I don't get it. Apparently, Miss Randall wasn't expecting you, or she wouldn't have been entertaining Luther. So I uh, wondered if you had a, a surprise for her, a present, perhaps? Yeah, to be more specific, a fur coat. How do you know about that? Oh, we know lots of things. The fur coat was found in Mrs. Luther's home, Mackie. We think it was because of that coat that Norma was murdered. Why, that's crazy. I bought the coat yesterday at Hobson's. What's wrong with that? You bought it for Polly Rando, didn't you, Mackie? So what if I did? But when you found her entertaining Luther, you decided to give it to Norma. First, however, you let Polly see what you had, thereby making your revenge sweet. You're pretty clever, mister. My guess is, Mackie, that Luther was hiding in another part of the house while you were showing the coat to Polly. You knew he was there, but he didn't know you knew it. You still haven't got anything on me. One more question, Mackie. Is your father, David Mackie, president of this construction company? Sure he is. Why? Nothing, nothing. Thank you. Come along, Inspector. We've an errand to do in town, and then we're returning to the Luther home. Look, Bart, how is leaving that suicide note at the local police department for analysis going to help us any? Oh, it might not help us at all, Inspector. However, we've a lot of loose ends to clear up before we solve this case. It's all solved as far as I'm concerned. Craig Mackey's our man. Oh, then you think Mackey was lying, too? Sure I do. They're all lying. Look, this guy Mackey comes to town, see? He's a good-looking kid, and the babes go for him. He gets acquainted with this normal Luther and falls for her. Only he doesn't know she's married. And then Hubby appears on the scene. Craig, being the jealous type, decides to kill her, eh? Sure, it's simple. I think perhaps you're right, Inspector. You do? Yes, I do. Well, here we are. Hey, that's odd. What's odd? There's not a light in the place. Didn't you tell Sam to stay here? Sure I did, but I didn't tell him to sit under an arc light. Come on, come on. Sam will be far away. There's something strange about this, Inspector. I don't like it. Oh, you're always thinking there's something strange about something. Sam! Hey, Sam! Sam must have fallen asleep, Inspector. That's Sam. He's one of the best boys I got. Sam! Sam Calver! Let's go around back. Right. Inspector. What's the matter? Get out your flashlight. There's something here on the ground. Come on. Okay, here we are. Jumping, Judas, it's Sam. Yes, it's Sam. And with a bullet through his head. With a dirty cop killer. All right, gents. Get your hands up, both of you. One false move, and I'll blow your brains out. I 
Ed, get your hands up, both of you. One false move and I'll blow your brains out. I think we'd uh, better obey the gentleman's sounds as though he means business. That's smart talk, mister. Trouble is, it's going to take more than smart talk to get you out of this murder rap. Murder rap? But did you hear what the guy said? How could I help but hear? Well, I reckon this proves that old saying that murderers return to the scene of their crimes. All right. Inside the house, both of you. Now, just a minute. Let's just not a argue. Minute. The man with the gun is always the boss. Well, mister, like I said before, you got sense. All right, you. There's a light switch just to the right of the door. Turn it on. Do as the gentleman says. Okay, okay. That's better. Now, let me get a look at you two. <laughs> I always wanted to see what a couple of murderers looked like. Yeah, you're the type, all right. Especially you. Who, me? Yes, you. Close the door, mister. Glad to? Well, now that you've caught us, Luther, what do you plan to do? How'd you know my name? Who else will be so familiar with the location of the light switch in this house, except the man who lives here? Unless, of course, you or your wife are used to having male visitors. Hey, you sound kind of sure of yourself, mister. I'm very sure of myself, Luther. By the way, when did you get back from your trip up north? Up north? Who said I'd taken a trip up north? Your girlfriend, Polly Randall. My girlfriend? Look here, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a respectable married man. Oh, well, then you won't mind explaining. Look out, Okay, Bob, pick it up. Right. Nice work, Inspector. I have it. All right, Luther, sit over there. So you're Ethan Luther, eh? Murderous. I suppose now you're going to shoot me in cold blood the way you shot my wife. Well, go ahead. Nothing matters now that Norma's dead. Before we go into this any further, I think we'd better explain who we are. I'm Barton Drake. This is Inspector Noah Danton from police headquarters. Police headquarters? Yeah, police headquarters. And don't give us any of that malarkey about you didn't know it. I hate a cop killer. Cop killer? I didn't kill that officer. He was dead when I got here. Naturally, when you two came in, yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, sure. You thought we were a couple of murderers returning to the scene of our crime. That gives me a pain. Now, I suppose you're going to tell us you didn't spend last evening with your girlfriend next door. Well, I... Uh, yeah, I... I, I. Everybody says I, I when they can't think up some kind of new fish story. Now... That was Polly. She must have discovered the policeman's body. You're probably right, Luther. Let's find out. Oh, it's the policeman. That's right, Miss Randall. How do you happen to be standing outside here? I wasn't standing outside. I saw a light in the window. I knew Ethan must be home, and, and I came over to comfort him. Comfort him. Now, there's one for the record. Look, lady, as far as we can figure, you did enough comforting last night to last, last for... Last night? What are you talking about? I haven't seen Ethan in weeks. Uh, Polly, uh, I... They know about last night. Know about last night? Well, then we know... Know what, lady? Nothing. I don't have to answer your questions, and I'm not going to. Fortunately, Mr. Andrew, it won't make any difference whether you answer our questions or not. We know who shot Mrs. Luther, and we also know who murdered Officer Culver. You... You know who killed my wife? Of course. I don't believe it. If you know, why don't you make an arrest? That'll come in good time, Miss Randall. Both of you are at liberty to come and go as you like for the present. Inspector, we're wasting our time here. Come along with me. <laughs> Look, Bart, weren't you being a little optimistic when you told those two last night that you uh, knew who the murderer was? Oh, well, possibly, Inspector. However, I think we uh, justified my optimism with that inquiry at Hobson's department store. Yeah, I know it was about the fur coat. Yes. 
I was just wondering how many fur coats a store of that size carried in stock. So the coat was ordered especially for Craig Mackey from New York, eh? Yes, and paid for by him in cash. So now we know young Mackey bought the coat. Inspector, in a town of this size, there wouldn't be many $5,000 coats carried in stock at any store. It was just reasonable to suppose that if a sale were made, the front office would know about it. Yeah, I suppose you're right. You got some other plans in mind? Oh, yes, yes, definitely. I'm going to stop at the police headquarters now and uh, pick up that note we left for analysis. And uh, what am I going to do? You, Inspector, are going out to the dam project and pick up young Mackey and bring him out to Polly Randall's house. Unless I'm greatly mistaken, we'll find both Polly and Ethan Luther waiting for us there. I don't have to answer your questions. Look, lady, put on another record, will you? You've given us that routine so many times, I'm beginning to get a headache. Well, I don't have... All right, all right. Nobody's asking any questions. Now, keep quiet, will you? Okay, Bart, let's get this over with. All right, glad to, Inspector. Mackie, we've checked and found it was you who bought that mink coat at Hobson's department store. So what? I've already admitted that I bought it. But you didn't tell us you paid cash for it. Your father has an account at Hobson's. You've always used it before. Why didn't you use it this time? I didn't want to. Well, that's fair enough. You didn't want your father to know that you were buying $5,000 coats for your girlfriends. In a moment, I'm going to prove that that's an important piece of evidence. That I've got to see. You will. Luther, you admitted that you came here to Miss Randall's the night before last instead of going home after you returned from your uh, trip up north. If it's any of your business, yeah. We're making it our business, Junior. Answer the questions and never mind the ad lib. You don't have to answer the questions if you don't want to, Ethan. There she goes again. Hey, keep quiet, will you? I won't keep quiet. I'll talk if I want to. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, go ahead and talk then. Who's stopping you? I won't talk. I don't have to. Oh, my gosh. Bye. Miss Randall, perhaps you'd like to explain to us why we shouldn't accuse you of murdering Norma Luther. Accuse me? That's right. Well, I certainly will explain it. I was right in this house every minute, that's why. And how do we know that? Because these two men were with me, that's why. Oh, both of them? All the time? Ethan came first. He dropped in to say hello on his way home. Just sort of neighborly-like, eh? Yes, just sort of neighborly-like. While he was here, a knock came at the door. Luther stepped into the next room. Why? Because he thought it might be someone who'd get the wrong impression. That's why. Oh, my. Was this uh, new arrival Craig uh, Mackey, Miss Randall? Yes, it was. Craig had a mink coat in a box. He showed it to me and said he was going to give it to Ethan's wife. And uh, what did you say? I said, isn't that nice? I thought it was very sweet of him. Well, I'm a cross-eyed woodchuck. Mm, And then what happened, Miss Randall? Craig put the coat back in the box and left. Ethan came out of the other room. We talked a while, and then he went home. And then? Craig came back. How long did Craig stay, Miss Randall? Until 11 o'clock. I went to the door with him. As we stood there talking, we heard a shot, or or thought we did. The last time you told that story, you were sure. I was sure. Only Craig said he thought it was the backfire of an automobile or something. But you didn't think so? No. After Craig left, I went over to the Luthers and found Norma dead. I screamed. I'll bet. Was Luther there? No, I ran home and called the police. And that's all I'm going to tell you, so you needn't ask me any more questions. Can we count on that? You've told us quite enough, Miss Randall. Well, Mackie, what have you to say? There's nothing more to say. Polly's told it all. I see. Luther, how about you? Well, what about me? Did you get home before Mackie left your wife? No. You found her then, trying on the fur coat. You became raging mad and asked her who'd given it to her. 
she laughed in your face. So you picked up a shotgun and shot her. Oh, that's a lie. I didn't. You can't prove it. Oh, yes, thing. I can prove it. In the first place, that suicide note that we found on the floor lying beside your wife's dead body was written a year ago. What? How did you know? That was easy to prove. By a chemical analysis at local police headquarters. She wrote that note a year ago hoping that you'd break down and buy her a coat. <laughs> smart guy, huh? Yes, yeah, smart guy. But you laughed at her. However, you kept the note. It came in handy the night before last after you'd shot your wife. You reasoned it would serve well to plant the suicide theory. Keep your hand away from your pocket, Danton. Three murders are no more than one. This gun... I hate a cop killer, Luther. Drop that gun. Stand back, you fool. I... Oh, you won't do anything. Take this. Oh, he killed him. He killed him. No, Miss Randall. Even though the inspector hates a cop killer, he knows the law will take care of Luther. And you... brave thing for you to do, jumping Luther when he was holding that gun. Well, I hate a cop killer. Yes, yeah, so do we all, Inspector. And Luther was more than a cop killer. Yeah, from my dough, none of that bunch was much good. And that reminds me. Yes, Inspector. You told Mackey that you were going to prove that the fact that he paid cash for that link was important evidence. And you never did. I didn't have to. Huh? However, if you'd like to know why I thought so, I'll be glad to explain. I hate to seem curious, but... Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> the way I looked at it, Inspector, the solution to the whole case hinged on that mink coat. Why? If Mackey had charged the fur coat to his father's account, it wouldn't have been terrifically important to him. But since he paid cash for it out of his own pocket, it was tremendously important. I don't get it. Well, Inspector, it's like this. A man who pays $5,000 for a mink coat isn't going to give it to someone he doesn't expect to live very long, especially when there was no chance of him getting it back. Say, that's right, isn't it? If Mackey had figured on murdering Norma Luther, he wouldn't have given her the coat. By golly, that's a fact. You have it, Inspector. So when both Luther and Mackey confirmed Polly Randall's story that she was at home until after 11 o'clock, I knew it had to be one of those two men who had murdered Norma. And since Mackey had bought the coat, it was reasonable to assume that he wouldn't murder the one he gave it to. But you're terrific. You know, sometimes I think you ought to warn people in advance. They'd uh, give up more easily. Warn them? About what, Inspector? About what, he asks. Oh, you mean warn them that mystery is my hobby. Welcome back. Well, that suicide note, just to have that uh, sitting around, and that she even wrote that is... Uh, something else, but apparently mink coats were quite the deal back then. I think we can also safely say that in the game of good cop, bad cop, that uh, Noah Danton really does have a really strong uh, preference for the role of bad cop. All right, well, uh, listener comments and feedback, and this comes regarding some of my comments uh, regarding not being able to play uh, South African old-time radio uh, programs on the podcast. And this email comes from uh, Joseph, who writes, Hello, Adam. 
First, thank you for your work curating the Great Detectives podcast. Although I wasn't born till the mid-90s, my dad enjoyed old-time radio shows, so I grew up listening to them. Uh, now that I do a lot of driving, I started uh, listening to the old uh, detective shows, but wanted something with some variety and found your podcast. I'm somewhat behind. I just finished episode 3147, in which someone recommended 33 Ave Moon Street. You mentioned you do not believe they were in the public domain, so I, I took a look online, and according to Wikipedia, an impeccable source of reliable information, of course, the copyright of radio broadcast expires 50 years after the broadcast date. Uh, since 33 Half Moon uh, Street was broadcast since uh, 1965 to 66, uh, the last of the copyright expired in 2016. This was mentioned before the introduction and commentary tends to be a bit louder than the feature. It was fixed for a while after the last person mentioned it, but I guess the sound guy forgot. I usually just spin the volume dial, but I'm a lazy American and that is too much work. Um, a couple of uh, comments I had but never made. I enjoyed It's a Crime, Mr. Collins. I did not find the mutual jealousy to be annoying. If anything, it was kind of adorable. The Chan... The champagne velvet smooth ads from Boston Blackie, on the other hand, are very annoying. But a few taps on the skip button fix that, and I wouldn't remove them for the sake of history. The other ads don't uh, bother me. It's just something about the way he says smooth. Uh, now I think about it, the pure isn't much better. Uh, well, keep up the good work, and I'll keep listening. God bless. Uh, well, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate the email, Joseph. Um... And, and thanks so much for the comments. Um, regarding the South African Copyright Act, I'll explain uh, my issue in a little bit more detail. Probably way too much detail. Uh, but um, the problem comes down to something called the Uruguay Round Agreements Act. Because if it was just, you know, is the work... Uh, under copyright in its home country, that would be a pretty simple thing. But the Uruguay Round Agreement Act, um, to keep U.S. in compliance with some other agreements they made, uh, is that it had to restore copyright to foreign works uh, that had not been subject to copyright law. And this would apply provided that the work hadn't entered uh, public domain in its country of origins. And again, according to that great legal resource, Wikipedia, the works are then subject to normal copyright terms uh, in the U.S. So in that case, my best understanding is that when it comes to South Africa, if there was a radio program that was recorded before 1946, uh, would have entered the public domain in South Africa, and uh, we could play it. Otherwise, any uh, work uh, radio programs in South Africa produced after January 1st, 1946, would be subject to a typical copyright term in the U.S. of 95 years. That's my interpretation, very conservative reading of it. Now, of course, there are lots of questions that I would have on this, uh, such as, am I reading the law correctly? 
Would we apply federal copyright laws to uh, radio programs uh, in this case? Since the status of many American old-time radio programs is uh, unclear, and I am then quickly uh, out of my depth, so that's kind of what, where I'm at on the South African programs. Uh, Uruguay Rounds Agreement Act uh, really does create some confusion for me. And uh, rather than uh, going into something where we're not sure whether, you know, we're going to have issues, uh, just leave it alone. But thanks so much for the question. And a reminder, uh, listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net. Uh, and if you send along a donation of $100 or more, I'll be happy to send you a Great Detectives of Old Time Radio t-shirt, full list of available thank you gifts at support.greatdetectives.net. And I do want to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Laura. Patreon since June currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Laura. And that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for your truly Johnny Dollar. And then on Saturday, we'll be getting into Federal Agent. And then uh, next Thursday, another episode of Mystery is My Hobby. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, setting off.